we have all heard of Oprah's Book Club. You have probably heard of Reese Witherspoon's Book Club. But have you heard of Monica's Book Club? You probably haven't, and that's because I don't actually have a club. Like, I don't have the book club like Oprah, where literally millions of women across the country read books that Oprah has vetted as, like, these are so good. Um, I certainly don't have the following of Reese Witherspoon because at this point she's partnering with Taylor Swift and saying, hey, want to make movies based off of the books that I recommend? So I guess if you are looking for a very, very everyday life book club, you're in the right place. Because in this episode, I am going to break down my top three favorite books that I have read this year because I read exactly 12 books per year. No more, no less. And then what I do in December is I reflect on my top three favorite from that list of 12. And I want to tell you about all of the reasons why those three books made my top three list. I want to give you some quotes. I want to give you some context. I want to give you the opportunity to marinate in my low budget book club because I think as a teacher, if you are into reading and you are into just absorbing new ideas and new information, then you're going to love this. Now, here's an interesting spoiler alert. None of the books that I read this year are based off of education. None of the books that I have read in the past seven years have been education books. Because I think one of the most powerful underutilized teaching tools is to read outside of the education genre and use the chapters, use the content, use the ideas, and leverage those for learning within the field of education. And that's exactly what we are going to do and unpack in this episode. So if you are a This Teacher Life listener, welcome to my unofficial book club. Get you a hot tea, get you a Snuggie, and let's unfold some books together. There is awesome in every single school day. So here is the big question. How can teachers like us who love our job, love our students, and love being a part of education Celebrate awesome even more in our classrooms and learning communities. Where can we find teaching tips and tricks? Where can we find engaging stories and motivational strategies? That is the question and this weekly podcast is your answer. So welcome to all my teacher friends. My name is Monica Genta and I am so excited that you are here listening to this podcast this teacher life. I did some informal research for this episode. And when I say informal research, I did a Google search and I read the very first thing that popped up. But I think that this is valid data, and I want to share it with you. According to a survey of U.S. adults, they were asked what genre they read most often. 
fantasy was the number one most popular genre. 49% of people said that that was their favorite. The second most favorite was romance. And at third place was history at 39%. Well, here's a fun fact. I don't read any of those genres. So I guess I... I don't read any of the popular stuff because I don't actually read fiction. None of the books that I have read in the past 10 years have been fiction. So if you are coming to this in as like a fan of fiction, I want you to know that I'm going to expand your horizons. If you are somebody who is looking to kind of figure out what is your genre, because maybe you're not a reader, Maybe you kind of on a whim decided to listen to this episode and you're like, I'm kind of curious what she's going to share. Well, guess what? The the content that I read could be considered um, motivation. Um, a lot of the books that I read are about um, successful businesses because I believe that successful businesses and successful schools have a lot in common. So I find myself reading business books a lot because I think like man what are the what are the practices what are the truths what are the foundations of places like Starbucks and of places like you know Instagram like what do these companies have in common what is causing their employees to have success and could we apply those exact same principles in an education setting I believe yes so uh, I want to tell you about three books that made the top of my list for 2023. This is the best of the best, also known as the best of 12 because I only read 12 books. There are people in this world who are like, I, I read 462 books this year and I am cheering you on. Holy shit, that's a lot of books. But I made a promise and a pledge to myself a number of years ago, and we're talking over 10 years ago, that I wanted to become a reader again. I used to read quite a bit and it just became very overwhelming in our profession because I think we have to read so much professional literature and we have to spend so much time kind of in our classroom that sometimes reading is a good escape. And so I decided I wanted to get back into it. But I set this very manageable goal of one book per month for the whole year. No more, no less. And fun fact, another fun fact here is I highly prefer hardback books to soft cover. Like I understand when you're purchasing books on Amazon, there's like the soft cover and the soft cover book might be like $12.99 and the hard cover might be $24.99 and I am springing for the hard cover book every single time. I don't know what it is about it, but it's kind of crazy. Because the author and the publisher spend so much time creating these beautiful covers. And on a hardback book, it's not embossed into the cover. There's a dust cover. And the moment that I receive the book, I take that dust cover that I'm sure they spent tons of time and probably millions of dollars figuring out what are we going to put on this dust cover and I throw it away. I like a simple hardback book. In fact, I have a fun fact about hardback books at the end of this episode. But I want to get into the very first book. 
Um, and the very first book is actually called The Happiness Equation. So you would probably consider this like a self-help kind of book, like a motivation kind of book. And I'm going to be honest, I was attracted to this um, absolutely because of, of the title, The Happiness Equation. Do I believe in positivity? Yes. Then I saw the word equation and, and my analytical science brain was like, oh shit, that's two of my favorite things, happiness and equations. So I absolutely was attracted to the title. I know they say don't judge a book by a cover and they also say like don't judge a book by its title, but hello, that's just good marketing. Like, like get our attention. And this got it. So the author, his name's Neil, uh, wrote The Happiness Equation. And I loved a statement. In fact, I highlighted this great big and I had some, um, had some reader's notes in it because I write in my books. I highlight in my books. I know oftentimes people share books with friends. They're like, I'm done with it. Do you want it? Not me. Mm-mm. Nope. I do one of two things. I either keep it on the this is the best book ever shelf or I put it in a this this book was not that good shelf and this book by Neil the happiness equation made it on a this is so good bookshelf and a quote that absolutely stands out in this book uh, by Neil Pasricha says the greatest discovery of any generation is that a human being can alter their life by altering their attitude and like let's just take a step back for a second on that like that's a discovery that a human being can alter their life by altering their attitude that is so freaking true but like how often do we take a step back and truly analyze that I think we get so so very results focused that sometimes we forget that we got to look at a problem then we got to find the problem. Then we got to improve the problem. Like we have to alter our attitudes so our lives can be better. He also said that 90% of our happiness isn't based on what is happening in the world. It is literally based on how we see the world. This is really about perception versus reality. And I think that is one of those things that in the hustle bustle of life, sometimes we don't really give that fact the time and the attention that it deserves. He quoted Teddy Roosevelt in the book, and, it, and he said, the best prize that life has to offer is the chance to work hard at work worth doing. Oh, Teddy Roosevelt, man, dropping the heat. I want to say that again. The best prize that life has to offer is the chance to work hard at work worth doing. So let's kind of ask ourselves, like at this point in your life, at this point in your career, do you feel like you're truly investing for you in worth work doing? Because it doesn't matter which way you go if you don't even know where you're going. In other words, if you are just going through the motions, you're going through the cycle, you're going to work each day, you are teaching kids each day, and you're not reflecting on like, is this worth it for me? Then I think we're missing part of the happiness equation. 
Because he also says that we have to take time and space for new ideas. So when was the last time, if you're especially stuck in a rut in your classroom, when was the last time that you took time and space for new ideas? I've got a solution to that actually at the end of the episode. Because the happiness equation can really be broken down into when we are us. When we are weird and random and we're cool with it. That being you, being your authentic self removes regrets from your life because you can look in the mirror and know that like you are living out your individual happiness equation. So he said at the very end of the book that any quote or advice that resonates with you only confirms to your mind something that you already know. So if at this point, you know, because I'm kind of quote dropping in this episode, I'm giving you like my cliff notes of the best of the best from my perspective of this book. But like if any of these quotes have resonated with you, he's saying, well, that is just confirming something that your mind already knew and you liked it because you just needed that quick reminder or something that you already believed and you just have never heard it in that way. I've loved the happiness equation and it definitely belongs in the top three books that I read in 2023. Now, the second book um, would probably be considered in like the spiritual category. So the first one was more like motivation, but the second one would probably be considered in the spiritual or faith-based category. Now, I, I just will, I'll tell you in advance, it wasn't like overly religious, But I read this in January. So this is actually the very first book that I read in 2023. And it's by uh, author Annie Downs. And the book is called That Sounds Fun. So the tagline for the book is the joys of being an amateur, the power of falling in love, and why you need a hobby. So again, why was I attracted to this? Well, because the title was That Sounds Fun. And like literally... She got us. She got us on the marketing because I read That Sounds Fun and I thought to myself, oh, that sounds fun. Like that sounds fun to read. And it's so crazy because this is the first time in like 12 years where I did not throw away the dust cover. The dust cover remains on this book because the cover was so freaking good. It caught my eye. So Annie freaking Downs, nice work on creating just the greatest marketing tool to advertise this book and then the good news is the book didn't disappoint um because it was just loaded with stories and I am a very story-based person if you've ever read any of my own work in in the field of education you know that I link stories with strategies because I really believe that like facts tell but stories sell. So if we want to sell an idea, when we link it to a story, something incredibly like powerful and psychological happens because stories are relatable. And Annie does such a good job of being relatable. At one point in her book, she had this very simple quote that said, almost anything can be fun. It just depends on us. And as I read that, I'm like, oh, hell yes, that is so true. Because I think of like our content and our curriculum as teachers. And fun fact, Annie Downs was um, a teacher before she was an author and podcaster. So um, 
I think that when I read that quote, almost anything can be fun. It just depends on us. It immediately transforms me to like classroom ideas. Do I think that all of the content that I'm required to teach sounds fun? Absolutely not. No, I think a lot of the content that I have to teach is very boring. I would love to skip massive chunks of the content and be like, oh, yep, we're just going to pretend like we're skimming over that. But the reality is, is we can make things fun. It just kind of depends on us. And it kind of drives me crazy when people look at teachers and like, why do you have to be a teacher entertainer? Why can't you just give the facts and if the kids want to learn, they want to learn. And I just feel like, is that really, is that really how we want life to be? Like, why, why be boring? Okay. And I'm using that term loosely. Why be boring? Why be dry? Why be average when we truly can turn something into awesome by using our own creativity, by using our own given strengths, by using our interests? Like, why not have more fun? When I'm planning lessons, I go with the Annie Downs philosophy of, yep, that sounds fun. And because it's fun, it's going to be received better by students. And that's a huge teacher win. She made another um, awesome quote in the book. And she said, you show what matters most by what you say yes to and no to. You show what matters most by who gets your time and who gets your money. And I want to unpack that first part. You show what matters most by what you say yes to and what you say no to. As teachers, we are very, very, very prone to saying yes. Yes, I'll be on that committee. Yes, I'll go on that field trip. Yes, I'll call that parent. That is really not my responsibility to call, but yes. Yes, I'll chaperone the dance. Yes, I'll lead the fundraiser. Yes, okay. And so I think what's hard is it's impossible for all of those things to matter to us. Not all of that can matter to us. So like, do your yeses truly indicate what matters to you? And if not, how can we weed it out? How can we get better at saying no? Because she also says what matters most is by what's getting your time. And if you're like, I, I, I don't have any time. I don't have any free time. My free time is sucked away by all the things I'm saying yes to. Right. Right. So how are you going to have more fun by eliminating yeses, by welcoming noes, and that gives you more time to say, yes, I will choose that. Not because I have to, not because I'm being guilted into it. I'm saying yes to that because, quote, that sounds fun. Thank you, Annie F. Downs, for creating that book, which did happen to be my second favorite book that I read all of 2023. It's a highly recommend. And that brings us to my very first favorite book. And this one caught me off guard because I did not know that I was going to enjoy it as much as what I did. Now, fair warning, I read this while I was on the beach of Mexico. So did that exponentially increase the likability factor of the book? Yes, but I think it also gave me the time and the space, interestingly, to really read, to really absorb. I didn't have a worry in the world in June while I was reading this book by David Goggins. And David Goggins, 
um, is former uh, military, very high rank, very hardcore, and he wrote a book called Never Finished. And this was unlike any book that I have ever read because it kind of um, unpacks some of the strategy, some of the philosophy, some of the backbones of what it takes to be a part of a very hardcore military program. Um, and honestly, that's not something that is a big interest of mine, but I very much was attracted to this book because I started following some of the stuff that he says on TikTok, interestingly, and I'm like, man, this guy is fascinating. I will also tell you in advance, this book has so many cuss words in it. His videos contain the F word so many times. So I do need you to know if you are not a fan of the F word and you have a hard time kind of wrapping your head around the content because you would be very distracted by the frequency of the F word. This might not be for you, but um, it was just such an incredible book. One quote that really stood out to me, he said that hope is an emotion that comes and goes. Belief, though, is what turns ordinary into extraordinary. And I think as teachers, those are two things that, that we use a lot of, hope and belief. We hope this school year is going to get better. We hope that this group of students is going to hit their learning targets. We hope that our principal is super supportive. But he said, like, hope is an emotion that comes and goes. And Lord, we feel that, right? We feel that. The roller coaster of living this teacher life. But he says belief is what turns ordinary into extraordinary. Do you believe that your kids can do it? Do you believe that you are making a huge impact on kids? Do you believe that this career is not just a job, but this career is actually a calling? He just had so many good stories in there. And I was fascinated by a lot of his military stories. But one thing that he said is that scars are proof that the past is real because there is no transformation without breakdown. As I read that, I, I mean, I don't have physical star, scars from being a teacher. And I, I, I hope and pray that you don't have physical scars from being a teacher. But, but I think we have a lot of mental scars and a lot of emotional scars because of sometimes how we're treated. Um, maybe things that parents have said to us, maybe the lack of support that we've gotten from someone. And so we've got these emotional scars that like, dang, you know, I've been a part of this profession for a while. And we deserve higher pay. We deserve respect. But I think for me, when adversity hits, what I have to do is ask myself, what am I going to learn from it? Because he says there's no transformation without breakdown. So like, are those hardships transforming me into a better teacher? Am I taking that hardship and saying, okay, how can I leverage that for learning? Another thing he says is, if you think you're being watched, you live differently. And when I read that, I was like, oh my God, that is so true for teachers. Because I absolutely do not believe in a dog and pony show during evaluations okay so like for example 
if you know that you are getting evaluated or you know that the principal's popping in or you know that like, you know, you're going to have some observers or, you know, maybe some pre-service teachers, like I, I'm going to roll pretty much the same. I'm going to roll like 95% of the way that I would normally roll. But at the same time, like if you're being watched, do we filter a little bit differently? Do we do we say things slightly different? Are we using a different tone? Are we using different proximity? Again, I I think like I invite the principal into my classroom at any point in time. I invite parents into my room. Like I'm very transparent with how I roll. I mean, shit, like you guys hear the stories on this podcast. I'm not trying to hide anything, but we all know that person who they're they're having an evaluation and all of a sudden they're living very differently or quote they're teaching very differently because they're being watched like we've all experienced that and he's saying like why not why are you acting differently what he is saying is why not just always live and teach and experience like you're being watched because we are because the reality is we are being watched every single day. We might not be evaluated formally every day with, you know, the Danielson framework with the evaluation system, but but we're being watched every day by students. We're being evaluated every single day by students. So why not just roll and teach differently and live differently because we are constantly being watched. And that's not this like scary like creepy thing. That's a challenge. Right. This book was very challenging. He issued a lot of challenges. He challenged my mindset so many times. In fact, at the end of the book, he said showing up is an important first step. But if you plan to show up, you might as well show the F up. I wanted I wanted to say the real F word because that I just think it hits differently. But I didn't want to have to mark this episode as explicit. So I'm going to read that again and I want you to just maybe internally use the real word, okay? Or just maybe even say it out loud if you feel comfortable with that. But showing up is an important first step. But if you plan to show up, you might as well show the F up. He's so right. Right? Like mediocre is pretty easy to accomplish these days. But I understand that there are times in our lives where you're like, yeah, I'm good with mediocre. At this point, I only have the capacity for mediocre. And that's so fair. There are points in lives when we're like, my mediocre is good because if I do anything more than mediocre, I'm probably going to break. But if we look at like the the sum and the average of our life, is that what we want? Hell no, I don't want to be mediocre. Like I want to show the F up. I want to do that as much as I possibly can. I want to be an outlier. I want to like, if we're, if we look at the sum average of life, I want to be an outlier. I want it to be like, man, that's like pretty, pretty much exceeding the average. And that's why the title of this book is like never finished because I think as humans, we're, we're never finished. And I don't see that as like a hamster spinning on a wheel. I see that as this like really cool opportunity. Like every freaking day we get to approach life and say like, not finished yet. I get to learn, not finished yet. I get to grow, not finished yet. I get to experience, not finished yet. Like I get to be challenged. That 
gets me hyped. And I think you could probably detect my energy difference as I was going through this book because Never Finished by David Goggins was my number one favorite book that I read this year. There were just so many cool education analogies that I just mentally made and, and I hope that I hope you've received them. I hope that you've heard them. If you are like, girl, these books are not what I am adding to my Amazon cart. Girl, these are not the books that I'm spending my time and attention on. I guess the good news is, is all of us get to have genres. I still am glad you're part of my informal book club. I'm still glad you're here listening. I'm still glad you're here living this teacher life. In fact, if if there are books that that do appeal to you and maybe those books are education books maybe you're like I don't have time to read a lot so the stuff that I do want to read I do want it to be things to help me level up the good news is I just shared three books with you that I love but I'm going to take these last three minutes to share three education books I didn't read these in the past 10 years but I have written these in the past 10 years I don't read education books, but I do write them. And what's cool is I take the ideas and just the foundation and the beliefs and the motivation from these books and I try to wrap my head around how can I create a strategy? How can I connect to more humans? And that's by writing books for passionate educators like you. So if you are looking for Christmas gifts, maybe for yourself, for you to wrap up and and you can act surprised when you unwrap it um if you're looking for books for teacher pals or you're looking for books to just add to your own shelf in 2024 i want to give you three three quick recommendations the first one is game changers game changers is all about super engaging motivational strategies that will help you change the game in your classroom They are highly motivational strategies that gets kids raising their hand, participating, and creates a really dynamic climate and culture. That book is called Game Changers because I truly believe it will be a game changer for your classroom and for your students. The second quick recommendation that I want to do is 180 Days of Awesome Relationships. I have an entire series called 180 Days of Awesome. The first book is about boosting climate and culture in our career. And the second one is 180 Days of Awesome Relationships, which is boosting the climate and the culture and the connectivity of staff and students. It's literally 180 short, simple strategies and stories that prove that we can connect with kids and staff and students and the community on a life level that's actually my most recent book and I'm just very excited to get that into the hands of passionate teachers like you the third book is maybe something that you would want to check out if you are just kind of struggling on a personal level it's called 365 days of awesome it is all about celebrating every single day of life because when we celebrate every single day of life it radically transforms the kind of impact that we can make on others and for us the others are specifically students when we are our best personally we can be our best professionally and p.s that's actually a hard cover book that's right my first ever hardcover book and it's gonna look real good on your coffee table
So those are three books. I've written six books over the years, but those are the three that I would say, hey, I want to give those a shout out because I think they would make perfect gifts for the holiday season. I also think they would have a perfect place on your teacher bookshelf. Whether you are a reader of the fiction or you are anti-reading or you fall into the category of loving fantasy books, I want you to know that sometimes teaching isn't the fantasy that we hoped for. It's not what we daydreamed about when we were kids, and it certainly isn't what we daydreamed about when we went to college for this career. But I will say this. When we're living this teacher life, we are doing incredible things for kids in our community, and your impact is huge. So I want to thank you for listening to this episode. Check out the books that I just recommended at monicagenta.com forward slash books. I also am going to put a direct link for these in the show notes, but it's monicagenta.com forward slash books to check out the books that I've just mentioned. I want you to know that I am so thankful that you are here being a listener. And most importantly, I want to thank you for living this teacher life.